Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's Linnell Willingham on 106.7 The Fan. La, da, da, da. Rapper to rewrite history without a pen No ID on the track, let the story begin Begin, begin This is anti-auto-tune What's Death going on, DMV? This ain't for iTunes You know this who it is, Youngest in Charge Movement, Linnell Willingham Here with you on the fan, ride with me For the next three and a half hours on this Saturday afternoon Here in our nation's capital, July the 16th 2022, just 11 days away from the start of training camp around the National Football League. And for my listeners out there, you smell it? Can you smell that? The aroma of the freshly cut grass, the morning dew. Do you hear it? The click clacking of the cleats on the pavement. We're so, 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 so close to the best time of year, but we're not quite there yet. Still got some housekeeping to do. Plenty to get to here this afternoon. Wizards wrap up their summer league schedule tonight. Thank goodness, because it has been ugly. And I don't mean ugly like just a few blemishes on the face. I mean ugly like can't stand to look at you. It's been terrible watching the Wizards play summer league. Just uninspiring basketball. But nonetheless, uh, it gets to end tonight, thankfully. For all of us involved, we don't have to watch any more Wizards Summer League. We'll get to hear the national perspective uh, on the Washington Wizards later on in the show. Zach Lowe, host of the Zach Lowe Podcast on ESPN's Bobby Marks, who's a former executive in the NBA. So he's got some just great perspective on team building and how you make a contender uh, in the NBA. They sat down and kept it real uh, on the Wizards and told us what direction they think this team is heading in. We'll let you hear some of those thoughts in the 1 o'clock hour. Our friend Chase Hughes, NBC Sports Washington Wizards insider, joins us as well. That's at 1.30. We'll get his thoughts on the D.C. family. He was out in Vegas at Summer League. Unlucky for Chase. I know it's nice to go out there and get to feel the humid, treacherous weather of Las Vegas, but to have to go out and watch bad basketball. 
probably just adds to the party for Chase Hughes. So plenty to talk about uh, with Chase. 3 o'clock, Matt Wyrick, a Nats insider from NBC Sports Washington, joins us to talk about the struggling, struggling Washington Nationals as they continue to limp through the month of July. Just one win so far uh, in the month of July, trying to avoid being swept in their third straight series here. They play the Braves uh, at 4.05. They'll be on after myself, but it's been tough. On the bright side for the Nationals, Juan Soto back in his groove just in time for the home run derby too. Um, He's been really on a tear offensively uh, over the past three weeks. We mentioned the last time I was on here, the hitting streak. It's still alive. It's still going. He's still cranking out hits. Doing what Juan Soto does, and that's why they're going to give this young man a blank check no matter who the new ownership is here in Washington for the Nationals. Our best-kept secret, I guess, we'll call Juan Soto. I don't even think it's a secret anymore. The whole entire universe knows how good this cat is. But at 24 years old, to be doing the things he's doing and be as special of a baseball player as he is, uh, we're lucky to get to watch him. But just in time for the home run derby, he's heating up. We'll have Travis Thomas on from the New England Sports Network. Do a little gambling. A little if I was a better, he'll tell you where to put your money at uh, in the home run derby. You all know how I get down, though. It's the People Show. I want you guys to tap in with me all show long. MGM National Harbor Listener Lines wide open. 1-800-636-1067. You can get at me on Twitter and Instagram as well. N-E-L-L underscore B-T-P. Like I mentioned, though, to start the show. Just 11 days, baby, just 11 days until training camp opens up around the National Football League. And I feel like we say this every year when we're talking about the National Football League. This is going to be one of the most exciting seasons of professional football to date. A whole bunch of new faces in new places. We got quarterback competitions going on out the wazoo. We got new head coaches, plenty Plenty, plenty, plenty to discuss uh, in the NFL. And soon enough, these airwaves will be filled with nothing but NFL talk, my favorite time of the year. So happy to take a deep dive into that. But I'd be remiss if I talked about the National Football League and did not bring up the local squad here in town, the Washington Commanders. And as we sit just 11 days away from the start of training camp, and as we get closer and closer to reporting day on July 27th for these guys. You get to reminisce, man. It's been an eventful offseason for the Washington Commanders, per usual. On the field, off the field, you know, you got news on every front for you. If you're somebody who likes drama and you're a Commanders fan, we've had plenty of them for you. If you like the feel-good stories of being a Washington Commanders fan, we got plenty for you. Paying Terry McLaurin, getting stuff done. But as I sit here and recap, the offseason that was for the Washington Commanders as we sit just 11 days out from the start of camp. I'm excited. I'm excited. I've echoed my sentiments pretty much all summer long. I think this group has the potential to come out in 2022 and shock a lot of people if, if things fall in the direction that they need them to. I'm talking about good health. I'm, I'm talking about no infighting. I'm talking about continuity. I'm talking about no more drama. I'm talking about no more distractions. This football, this team locks in and just plays ball 
with some of the improvements that they've made on this roster, I think it'll be a good group. I think it'll be a good group. And you all know the move that I was most excited about this offseason. And fans out there, we can agree to disagree on this. This football team finally, finally going out and identifying and addressing the quarterback that they want is huge. It's huge. And I think come the fall, this team will be reaping the fruits of their labor. They went out and had to maneuver their way through a muddied quarterback water. They had to sit back and wait for all the other dominoes to fall because, as everyone knows, Washington, as far as on the football front, pretty much in every damn sport, not the ideal destination for guys who can choose where they want to go play at. And we remember at the beginning of this thing, it was, can we get our hands on Russell Wilson? It's, will Aaron Rodgers be available for us? It's, do we have the draft capital to go out and try to acquire Derek Carr from the, from the Vegas Raiders? Do the Raiders want to move off a Derek Carr? Will we dare play the Kirk Cousins dance again? Mitch Trubisky was a name that was thrown out there. At the end of the day, though, this team ends up with Carson Wentz at the quarterback position. And look, say what you want about Carson Wentz, about the the locker room stuff and not being a good teammate. Honestly, don't say what you want. Because in all honesty, I only have three and a half hours. I don't want to hear your, your, your opinion and takes on whether or not Carson Wentz was a good teammate. Because straight up, you weren't in the locker room. The bozo Zach Kiefer at The Athletic wasn't in the locker room. And I feel bad because every chance I get on here, I call out Zach Kiefer. And Zach Kiefer does great work for The Athletic, right? For the, uh, the Indianapolis Colts, covers them for The Athletic. But he's the one, in my, in my opinion, that really started this, this hit piece on Carson Wentz. And just to plug the athletic a little bit, he just did a six-part series on Andrew Luck, another quarterback that didn't work in Indianapolis because the damn Colts failed to put the things around Andrew Luck that he needed to be successful. And that's really been the song and dance for the Indianapolis Colts since Andrew Luck pulled his surprise retirement. And Carson Wentz last year was just the latest chapter in a pretty boring book of uninspiring, mediocre, middle-of-the-league, middle-of-the-pack football. Straight up. But now that Carson Wentz is here in Washington, I expect big things. I think he is going to take this offense to a level we haven't seen it get taken to in the past five, six seasons. I think we'll see this team score more points than we've seen them score since 2015, 2016. And I think they're in line to make a sizable jump on that side of the football. I don't know exactly how it's going to come, whether it's going to be the running game taking over this thing because the pass game's now opened up, or is it just going to be Carson Wentz throwing bombs galore to Terry McLaurin and Jahan Dotson and Curtis Samuel, Cam Sims, you name it. Feels good to be able to name a plethora of wide receivers now for the Washington Commanders that I have full faith and confidence in that they're going to go out and just create matchups for mismatch problems for teams. We have speed for the first time in a long time here with the Commanders. We've got a true number one wide receiver for the first time in a long time here for the Commanders. Everything seems to be falling in place. Everything. If I asked you to list a whole 
on this Washington offense. Could you do it for me? What will be your weak spot? What will be the weak spot of this Washington offense? You got your veteran left tackle. You just drafted the rookie Sam Cosby last year as your right tackle. And yes, he dealt with some injuries, but when he was in there, it was damn good. It was one of the best right tackles in football as a rookie. Third in the NFL and run block win rate. I got numbers for you all. You get smarter listening to your boy. But when I hear numbers like that and I, and I watch him play and I look at the other pieces up front along this offensive line, they were resourceful. Replacing the expensive Eric Flowers and expensive Brandon Sheriff for two solid veterans who have been around the block before and you're getting them for 10 cents on the dollar. Talking about Andrew Norwell and Trey Turner. The big question is up front for this offensive line is the health of Chase Rule yet. And luckily enough, for the Washington Commanders, they showed some foresight. I don't even want to know. I don't even want to call it foresight. They just straight up built a good roster up front along this offensive line. I think they've got tremendous depth. Tremendous depth. We won't know the status of Chase Roulier really until this team reports for camp. But everyone knows one of the best centers in football going to be difficult to replace. Not for us. Wes Schweitzer, my pick to come in and fill in the shoes of Chase Roulier to start this season if Chase isn't healthy enough to get going. So there's confidence up front in this offensive line. They're led by a damn good coach in John Matsko, somebody who's been around the block before and has had success in this league. I mentioned the receiving core. Don't get me started on this running back room. Antonio Gibson, year three. Hopefully this is the year he's able to come into his own. J.D. McKissick. He's been one of the best third down backs in the National Football League since he's gotten here to Washington. They draft a workhorse in Brian Robinson Jr. from the University of Alabama. Tough as nails. Big, bruising back. Perfect change of pace from Antonio Gibson and J.D. McKissick. The tight end spot, Logan Thomas. We're expecting him to come back healthy from injury if he doesn't. I gave you my breakout candidates last week when I was on here with you guys. Huge, huge fan of second-year tight end from Boise State, John Bates. I think John Bates is in line to have a pretty stellar sophomore campaign. The rookie Cole Turner from Nevada. Our friend Pete Haley from NBC Sports Washington has been touting him all offseason long. Says that's his sneaky play to lead the commanders in touchdowns coming up this year. Now, Pete loves hard seltzer and clear and cut water, so he may have been off the cut water when he said that because I think that's a very bold prediction from our friend Pete Haley, but I, I, I get it. I get the point here. But for the commanders, not everything's peaches and roses here as we sit just 11 days away from the start of training camp. When we come back, I want to hear from you guys. What's your number one concern for the commanders heading into training camp? Is it the lack of depth at the tight end position? You worried about Carson Wentz? You worried about this secondary? Let me know. I want to hear from you. MGM National Harbor Lister Lines wide open. 1-800-636-1067. You can get at me on Twitter and Instagram as well. N-E-L-L underscore BTP. We're just 11 days away from the start of training camp for the commanders. What's your number one concern for this group? Heading into camp. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to the fan. 
Lanell Willingham here with you on the fan. Breaking news. So whenever you want to do a radio show, you get curveballs and off-speed pitches here that make you change up everything you got going on with you. Ken Rosenthal of The Athletic. Breaking news reports, headline reads, Juan Soto rejects $440 million offer. Nationals will now entertain trading him. We're working on cracking the code to get behind the paywall in the athletic right now to get some more details uh, on Ken Rosenthal's story. Jesse Doherty coming out right now and trying to give the latest uh, on this situation. And for Nationals fans, I mean... Jesse Doherty, this is the latest tweet from from him coming on saying, have heard the Nationals would consider shopping Soto this month if an offer of this magnitude was not accepted, trying to now confirm these figures. So hold your horses. Jesse, Jesse Doherty says, hold on. Hold on. Not so fast yet on, on the Juan Soto potentially being shopped. I will continue to give you details on that as the show progresses. As I mentioned, 3 o'clock, NBC Sports Washington Nationals insider Matt Wyrick will join me. Now we got plenty to talk about, <laughs> as if we already didn't, uh, surrounding the Washington Nationals. As we mentioned, they're struggling, to say the least, uh, here in the month of July. Just one win. They'll wrap up their weekend series uh, with the Braves, and hopefully they're able to get a dub, or else there'll be three straight sweeps for the Washington Nationals, eight straight losses. So things really hitting rock bottom here. Now with this report coming out from Ken Rosenthal of The Athletic, the headline reads, Juan Soto rejects $440 million offer. Nationals will now entertain trading him. So, this is tough. This is tough. I I wanted to to, to redirect back to the commanders, but I can't here. And look, this, this this is brutal. Because everyone knows the state that the Washington Nationals are in right now. Struggling to win. They've gutted this roster. This was supposed to be a year in which they were not going to be competitive. And (laughs) they're doing a damn good job of not being competitive. Just getting boat raced pretty much every time they take the plate, take the field. But this story from Ken Rosenthal, if you remember, we were on here about a month ago with you guys. There was a story... I believe it was Enrique Rojas was reporting that a $350 million offer was on the table. Those rumors and notions were quickly dispelled uh, by members of the Nationals beat. But here we are now on July the 16th, a couple weeks away, about three weeks, give or take away, from the trade deadline. Washington currently holds the worst record in the majors. And if this isn't rock bottom, For this franchise, I don't know what is. What a quick fall from glory and grace. It feels like just yesterday, it was 2019. And this team was in the World Series. And now, I mean, they have a legit case. It's hard because the Wizards and Commanders are, I mean, they're battling for this thing. The worst run organizations in D.C. sports. If Juan Soto... Gets out of here. I was talking to people at the bullpen last night. Talking to people at the bullpen last night. It's the little sidebar outside of Nationals Park. Talking to casual fans, chopping it up. 
trying to get the Twitter name out there, promote the show, have a good time, blase, blase. The constant theme that you heard, and this is before this rumor even came out, the constant theme from Nats fans, if they let Juan Soto go, that's the last straw for me. We've already seen it on numerous occasions with this franchise, their unwillingness to pay positional players, it seems like. They'll throw the bag at the pitchers. Look at Patrick Corbin. Look at Max Scherzer. Look at Steven Strasburg. They'll throw the bag at the pitcher. We've seen it on numerous occasions. They just refuse to break the bank when it comes to some of these positional players, i.e. Bryce Harper, i.e. Trey Turner, i.e. Kyle Swarber, i.e. Anthony Rendon. We've seen it time and time again. Now it looks like we may be adding Juan Soto to the list. I don't understand the logic here, right? Because I trust Mike Rizzo, and I know this is from an ownership position, but I don't understand the philosophy, and I feel like we were saying the same thing when it came to the commanders paying Terry McLaurin. You don't find a diamond in the rough, make him great, and then go allow him to be great somewhere else. You have to keep that player, in this case Juan Soto, who's the best hitter in baseball, you have to keep him in your building. Organizational malpractice is what I like to sum it up as. And Denton, you made a great point. Uh, trying to make the comparison to Washington paying Terry McLaurin. Because my thing is, with Washington, it was if you don't pay Terry McLaurin, well, who the hell are you going to pay? And here, for the situation with the Nationals and Juan Soto, if you're not going to pay Juan Soto, who are you going to break the bank for? And those guys are, you know, they're in that same group. Because, like, with Strasburg, you have to hit it. Like, Strasburg's first overall pick, he got it. Exactly. Bryce Harper, first overall pick, and then you let him go because of Juan Soto. This is your diamond in the rough that really nobody else knew about. You made him great. He became great. You scored, and now we're looking at a potential because ownership doesn't want to do 500 milli, which is what he's worth. Now they're going to let him go. I mean, the guy's got to get a blank check. He's got to get a blank check. Too talented of a player, as, as you mentioned. Arguably the best hitter in baseball. 24 years old. And the impact... That he has on winning. How how just good of a person the young man is. How instrumental and influential he's been in this community. I mean, there's there's so much to unpack here with this Juan Soto thing. I want to take your guys' calls on this. We'll open it up. MGM National Harbor Lister Lines, 1-800-636-1067. You heard the report as I came back from break. Ken Rosenthal of The Athletic. Headline reads, Juan Soto rejects $440 million offer. Nationals will now entertain trading him. As an ads fan out there, if this team is unable to come to a long-term agreement with Juan Soto and he becomes the latest skill position player to be traded from the Nationals, how's that going to make you feel? Let's go to my man Justin in Silver Spring. Hey, how's it going, guys? Great show. Good, good. Uh, I just, you know, I think I'm a lifelong season ticket holder. As a Nats fan, hearing the report that it's $440 million, I mean, you know, Bryce left for Philly, just happened to get outbid. Um, So I just think you're a little off base on them not offering up money for position players. They've done it. Um, Love Juan Soto, love for him to stay. But, um, you know, at this point, I think $440 million is a lot of money. Um, And, you know, but if Justin, he's, not he's the best that, damn hitter in the game at 24 years old. He's the best hitter in baseball. There should be a blank check for him. You, I, I, you think can't I think win it's debatable. Guys like him. 
he's, he's still hitting around 250. I mean, I think it's 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 debatable. I agree. He's a top five hitter in baseball, but at a certain point, I mean, you got to pay for the rest of the team, and I think $440 million is a lot of money for a top five player in baseball. And I just, I think their willingness is there. Um, but, uh, you know, at a certain point, you, you got to, they're already in a rebuilding phase, and you got to just, if somebody's not willing to stay, uh, or, you know, clearly he's, as, as a Boris guy, they, they want to take this to free agency. The Nats are trying to avoid that, but Boris isn't going to let him do that. Um, and, you know, you can't let one player hold, you know, your rebuild process up for, for you know, two years. Yeah. my opinion. I appreciate, I appreciate it. the your call, thoughts. Justin. Yeah. Thanks. It's a good point made there by Justin as far as the impact that giving this massive contract to Soto would have on this rebuild that Washington is in. I'll argue this, though. Trading Juan Soto for a haul of prospects and guys that are, for all intents and purposes, going to be unproven commodities coming back here to Washington. Haven't we seen that song and dance already? This is no indictment on on these current young pups that the Nats have. Look at what we got back in exchange for, for, for Max Scherzer. Look what we got back in exchange for Schwarber, Turner. I mean, you never know. The jury's still out on a lot of the guys that they traded for. We'll continue to take your calls here. MGM National Harbor Lister Lines, 1-800-636-1067. Breaking news. Coming back from the break, Ken Rosenthal of The Athletic reporting Juan Soto rejecting a $440 million offer. Nats will try to now entertain trading him. Bob Nightingale, USA Today and Odyssey MLB Insider, just tweeted out, Washington Nats all-star outfielder Juan Soto indeed rejected a record 15-year, $440 million contract. And Bob confirming the reports. The Nats will begin listening to trade offers for him, but say they have to be overwhelmed you know, to move him. And phew, damn skippy, you got to be overwhelmed to move him. I mean, we've talked about it on end here. Arguably, you know, the best hitter in baseball. Yes, he got off to a rough start to the year. But as you've seen here in this month of July, he's cranking it up. And in a lineup that he just doesn't have a lot of help in, it's tough. It really is tough. Look, we'll take a quick time out on the other side of this break. We'll continue to take your calls on Juan Soto. Plus, we'll get back into the commanders. Linnell Willingham here with you on the fan until 335. Don't go anywhere. Ride with me. Listen to 106.7 The Fan. We're also streaming live nationally on the Odyssey app. It's Linnell Willingham. So glad we had a chance to talk this out. On 106.7 The Fan. I was dreaming of a past. And my heart was beating fast. Feels like I'm living in the past. Nationals at it again. Won't pay the stars. Welcome back. Lino Willingham here with you on the fan until 3.35 this afternoon before we pass things over to Charlie Sloves and Dave Jagler. And that's baseball here on the fan. 4.05 first pitch as they'll wrap up their series with the Braves. But you heard the breaking news as we came in from the last break. Ken Rosenthal of The Athletic is reporting Juan Soto has rejected 
a 15-year, $440 million offer from the Nationals. And as a trickle-down effect from that, the Nationals, according to reports, are now open to entertain trade offers for Juan Soto. Boy, it feels like we're just in like a matrix here with this thing. It's constant. Same thing over and over and over again here. And there's so many layers to this Juan Soto thing. And all we've heard pretty much from everybody out there is Mike Rizzo would have to be swept off of his feet with the trade offer to actually deal Juan Soto, right? They'd have to be swept off of their feet to to actually move Juan Soto. Denton, do me a favor. Could you? How many years of control do the Nationals have left over Juan Soto? We could find that out for me here in a second. Because this thing is going to get ugly. It always does, it seems like. With these negotiations, there's so many feelings and emotions involved. And if you're the Nationals negotiating with the devil that is Scott Boris, he's going to make sure his guys get paid. And this situation, in my opinion, is no different. We were doing some of the calculations in the break. 15 years and then $440 million. You're looking at about $33 million annually. And the way they do these contracts, a lot of the time, the way the Nationals have done it in recent history, they've been backloaded. So Juan Soto is probably going to be making money until he needs a diaper. <laughs> so he is an unrestricted free agent in 2025. There are a couple of years of arbitration between mm-hmm. now and then, but unrestricted free agent 2025. That arbitration that the MLB does, I think it's just so stupid as well. Like it's almost like it's like an option comparable to it to a to a player option or a team option in the NBA. Somebody get me smarter when it comes to that. I want to continue to got, take your calls on this, guys. How does it make you feel? Juan Soto reportedly being shopped by the Nationals after rejecting a $440 million offer. This according to Ken Rosenthal of The Athletic headline reading, Juan Soto rejects $440 million offer. Nats will now entertain trading him. Let's go to Chris in Maryland. Chris, what are your thoughts on this? How are you holding up there today, buddy? I'm good, my man. How are you? All right. Soto, man, look. That's a going rate. This thing, I'm not certain. One thing I'm not certain about, and you finally you got the correct answer. It's two and a half years. I'm not sure if we trade him this trade deadline if we get more, or next year this time, or the final year. At, and but I don't know who what we'd get for a six month rental two years from now. It all needs to be decided. This needs to be decided by the new owner as well, and probably more than any learner thing. So that needs to kind of get involved. Secondly, you don't need to put on your commander's hat. You need to put on your wizard's hat. This is a Bradley Beal situation where he's going to suck up all the money. We are a big market team, but we're not elite like the Yankees or the Dodgers where we can afford the luxury tax year after year after year. It doesn't make business sense for our budget or, you know, to make things worth it. Once in a while, you can go over and all that, but... It's a complicated calculating thing. It's hard to say. That's number one. Number two, I disagree with you about Max Scherzer. What if the Dodgers, at the end of this year, 
have nothing to show for the Max Scherzer, Trey Turner trade. Trey Turner ain't signed with nobody. We don't know. Nobody knows what Trey Turner wants or where he wants to go. We got the best thing we can. We got two starting players, and Max is on well, a we different saw, well, well, we saw Juan the other day talking about trying to get him to come back here. That, hey, Matt, that's fine. That's what I'm saying. So who's pushing back on that trade? The trade was great. We got a starting catcher and a starting pitcher. And the Dodgers ain't got that. We have a starting pitcher, though, Chris. Yes, JoJo Gray's going to be around. JoJo struggled, man. A lot of inconsistencies from the young pup. Look, hey, we need consistency. I appreciate the call, though, Chris. This is my whole point about it, though. And even in the NBA, it's the only real comparable situation and scenario. When you are trading these well-known commodities, these super mega stars, the return you're going to get is never going to seem as if it is equal because you are trading something that is already established, proven, and we know what it is for a bunch of potential. For a bunch of potential. And Denton, you probably know this well, bro. Being the sports head that you are, that's the number one word that gets people fired in the sporting landscape is potential. You know how many times potential has caused people their jobs? We've seen a lot of a lot of guys with real good potential uh, that did not pan out. And you know what they do after that? They make documentaries about their careers. <laughs> I.E. Jamarcus Russell. We'll get to that here real soon because he had some amazing things to say. Uh, he joined the I Am Athlete podcast. But yeah, it it, it is uh it's a safe space for you here, Nationals fans. Come vent with me. 1 800 636 1067. You can get at me on Twitter and Instagram as well. N E L L underscore BTP. The breaking news here on this Saturday afternoon Ken Rosenthal, MLB insider for the Athletic, reporting Juan Soto has rejected a 15 year, $440 million offer from the Washington Nationals. And in response to that, the Nationals, according to sources, will now entertain trading him. As we just mentioned to you, two and a half years of control are left with Juan Soto here. You got the arbitration that you're going to have to go through. But, boy, how did we get here so quickly? Like I said earlier, it felt like just the other day it was 2019 and this team had won the World Series and Patrick Corbin's playing good baseball, Steven Strasburg's playing good baseball, and now look at us. Now look at us. It's a tough story. We'll continue to take your calls. Let's go to Michael in Vienna. Mike, what's your thoughts on this, buddy? Hey, man, how you doing? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm good. Yeah, you know, I say, I mean, $440 million is, is, is a huge amount, obviously. And I say at this point, you entertain the trade talks, and you just make it, you know, it's sort of reminiscent of Dallas trading Herschel Walker, and they got, what was it, all of the Saints? Every draft pick. It's going to be a sizable into, return. We know that. Yeah. You make it the biggest return anybody's ever gotten, and then it's all on the scouting department and, you know, make sure they get who they, who they think is, is worth it. You get draft picks, you get return, and really reload. Because you're not going to reload. Do you have faith in that, though, I Michael? Probably. Because our farm system right now, pretty, pretty mediocre. It's mediocre, and you got to bump it up. You got, you know, let's build it for. The long haul. Um, I, I can't so that's what I'm saying. Because the, because the recent history of this farm system and what the prospects that they've brought in, how do you have faith in them getting any type of fair value 
for Juan Soto well, when the majority of the return is going to be prospects. And they've shown remember, that they can't pick prospects. The, the reason the farm system is workable is that Mike Rizzo spent years dealing away pieces to win a world championship. And he finally did it. But, you know, he had to trade those assets. That was all he had to trade. So now give them a chance. Hopefully they, they are pickers. You know, I mean, I think they've made big steps in developing the farm system because they've had a lot of prospects like Robles, like Kaboom, who are supposed to be can't miss. I think that's, that's more in the they've coaching whiffed. and the they've development whiffed. of the players. <laughs> the jury's still out because they're young, but it looks like whiffs so far. Well, they whiffed, but I think it's more an indictment on them not having the coaching than the development. And they, they supposedly they've addressed that with more analytics, more coaches, down through the system yeah. and if they've truly done that because these guys were you know Robles was a can't you know can't touch yeah a top 10 prospect in baseball now is that on him or is that on the development staff lower through the organization now yeah. if they fix that then get us some more prospects and let's see let's see what you can do with it and turn it into a, a hall where in three years from now you got these guys coming up and you're a powerhouse Michael, I appreciate your call. I don't know if this fan base, or quite frankly, Mike Rizzo, in this new ownership is going to have the patience. Because now if you move Juan Soto, this rebuild that Mike Rizzo just came on with the junkies this past week and said he doesn't expect this rebuild to take long. I'll tell you, I'll tell you what. You ship Juan Soto out of town, you'll be rebuilding for a long damn time. New details coming in here about uh, this Juan Soto declining the offer here. John Heyman, baseball columnist at the New York Post, also does work uh, for the MLB Network, says a few reasons Juan Soto declined that $440 million offer. Heavy backloading of the deal is tantamount to a big deferral. So they're doing it again. They're doing it again. They're trying to play this game where they're not trying to give people money up front. And, and look, that's not going to move the needle. So now that I've, now that I, and I haven't even finished reading the tweet. That's just the first detail. That's just the first detail. Shame on you, Washington Nationals. Shame on you. You can't continue to keep playing the same negotiating game and expecting that you're going to get over on somebody. You can't. You cannot continue to defer money, especially on a guy like Juan Soto. Like He's 24. What is deferred money doing for a 24-year-old? We'll continue to take your calls on the Washington Nationals on the other side of this break. Got to take a quick time out. I want to hear from you guys, though. MGM National Harbor listener lines wide open. You can get at me on Twitter and Instagram as well. N-E-L-L underscore B-T-P. We got to take a quick time out. Listen to the fan. Welcome back. Linnell Willingham here with you on the fan. And boy, it's going to get emotional here. Like I said, I want want you guys to tap in with me. MGM National Harbor listener lines. 1-800-636- 1067 Twitter and Instagram available as well. N E L L underscore BTP. Continue to get new details on the breaking news that we got. I think it was second segment of the show, second or third segment of the show. Ken Rosenthal first on the scene, senior writer for the Athletic. Headline reading: Juan Soto rejects a four hundred forty million dollar offer. From the Washington Nationals, and in response, the Nationals now looking to trade him. We'll continue to tweet read here uh, throughout the show as we continue to get more information and try to unpack this entire situation 
between Juan Soto and the Nationals. This is from Jeff Passan, who covers the MLB for ESPN. It says, quote, conversations between Juan Soto and the Nationals, as Ken Rosenthal first reported, reached a point where Washington could be inclined to deal him. And Passan makes a damn good point here, right? And yet the lingering question will be, can you really trade a player as good as Soto in his age 23 season? You can't. I, I do have um, some news that we just got our boy, GP Grant Paulson, tweeted um, that they he, they he confirmed the report, but he says that there were no deferrals in the contract. Huh. Which John Heyman said that Yeah, big detail. Big, big, big differentiating detail there. Our guy Grant Paulson on the scene here with this one. And yeah, it's one of those situations that, look, rumors are going to be flying out the wazoo. Just how it was with the Bradley Beal contract extension. Just how it was with the Terry McLaurin deal. There are going to be, you know, differing reports out there. It's all about corroborating your way through them and figuring out what's what. I hear with Juan Soto, I am the national. It's going to be tough, though, because... As we mentioned, everybody knows this team, the learners, the owners of the team, looking to sell. So if you're the learners, from a business standpoint, and you are trying to get the most for this baseball franchise that you possibly can, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure this one out. The Washington Nationals are much more valuable as a franchise with Juan Soto under contract long term. And there's no debate about it. Non-negotiable. I mean, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to know that. This team, much more valuable with Juan Soto than without Juan Soto. So if you're the learners here, would you want that to be your last move on the way out? Getting rid of arguably the franchise's best player in history, maybe? I mean... I may be going out on a limb here. We're, we're baking a lot on the potential of this young man. But boy, we've seen Juan Soto and what he is able to do and how impactful he is. And I guarantee the other teams around the league and other executives and owners are chomping at the bit. They're probably encouraging, stirring up the pot, trying to get the learners to move Juan Soto because he's that hot of a commodity in the MLB. He just straight up is. It's a sticky situation here with the Washington Nationals. Like I said, we'll continue to give everything we know about the situation. I'm dealing with fruit flies in here once again. I just had to get back, get back. You don't know me like that. (laughs) Had to lean back on him, but boy. Talk about ripping up your show sheet, right, Denton? We came in here with the expectation that we're going to be talking commanders here. A whole bunch of things going on behind the scenes here. My headset finally back working so I can hear again. This is great. It's awesome. A little radio insider for my peeps out there listening. But, boy, we have reached that territory once again. We'll read some of your tweets here before we get out of here. Go to the top of the hour. We'll switch topics here a little bit on the other side of the break. Man, Brian Couch says it's tough, man. There's a lot of money. That's a lot of money for a single player. Trout makes $426 million, and the Angels still struggle to win. Soto is the heart and soul of this team. 
and fan base, but at that price, he is the team. And yeah, the hell of a point made there by Brian. And that's look, that's that's the that's the situation that you've got to ponder anytime you make a massive contract offer to anybody, whether it's a free agent or that somebody in house. How are you going to be able to maneuver the rest of this roster? How are you going to be able to maneuver the rest of this roster? And it's so interesting because the other owners in town, talking about Dan Snyder and Ted Leonsis, who just and Ted just gave Bradley Beal five years, two hundred fifty-one million, no trade clause, gave the money out like it was nothing. Clearly, different philosophical approaches from the different sports organizations here in town. Because Bradley Beal, you can make the same argument, is going to hinder the Washington Wizards getting back to championship contention because of how much money he's making. It's an interesting viewpoint here from the learners. They probably feel as if they can't, we haven't heard anybody say this, maybe they feel as if they can't compete if they meet the number that Juan Soto is reportedly asking for. We don't know exactly what he's asking for. Right now, we know they're offering him $33 million a year annually for the next 15 seasons. We heard the rumors of the deferred money. A lot of people in baseball think this thing's going to take $500 million to get done. We'll see, though. We'll see. I'll tell you what. If I had $440 million on the table, wouldn't be sitting here talking to y'all right now. <laughs> I can guarantee that. We're going to take a quick timeout. On the other side of this break, we'll talk Wizards here. I teased it here in the show opening. Bobby Marks and Zach Lowe were on the Zach Lowe podcast discussing the Washington Wizards and their potential future and how they can build themselves back into contention. I'll let you hear what they think on the other side of this break. Don't go anywhere. Ride with me. Listen to the fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 